The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hello, Bleeding Green Nation, and welcome back to another edition of Eye on the Enemy, powered by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I'm your host, John Stolness. You can follow me on Twitter at John Stolness. And coming up, we're going to preview this Sunday night matchup between the Eagles and the formerly great Green Bay Packers and the formerly great Aaron Rodgers, as uh, the 2022 version of Rodgers and Green Bay have stumbled on hard times four and seven coming into this game against the 9-1 and Eagles. And we're going to talk to Justice Mosqueda, uh, who is a writer for the SB Nation Packers site, Acme Packing Company. Uh, we're going to talk to him in just a few minutes, get the lowdown on what is going wrong in Green Bay this year. Lots going wrong, and it's got to be more than just Devontae Adams leaving. So we're going to get his thoughts on what's been happening with the Packers this year as uh, they look like a dead team walking at the moment here in 2022. Uh, but just a reminder, folks, to make sure you read BleedingGreenNation.com every single day because we are keeping you up to date with all the latest news and information about the birds leading into this Sunday night matchup against the Green Bay Packers. And uh, you're going to want to check out all the other podcasts we have up on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed as well. All right, well, let's break this game down between the birds and the Green Bay Packers. Primetime Sunday night football. And joining me to do that is Justice Mosqueda. He's a writer for SB Nation's Acme Packing Company. That's the Green Bay Packers SB Nation sister site to Bleeding Green Nation. You can follow him on Twitter at Jumosk, J-U-M-O-S-Q. Justice, how are you, buddy? Welcome back to Eye on the Enemy. I can't complain. Excited about this game. Um, basically a must-win game if the Packers want any chance to make the postseason this year. Well, that was one of my questions to you, and, and let's start there because uh, because it is looking a little hairy for, for Green Bay's playoff chances at the moment. Uh, right now in the NFC, after all the Thanksgiving Day games are, are played, Green Bay sits at 4-7. and seven. Uh, they're tied with the Pat with the uh, with the Detroit Lions, uh, Arizona Cardinals, and New Orleans Saints at four and seven. They currently hold the number eleven spot in the NFC. Uh, they are one game behind the Atlanta Falcons in the nine spot. Uh, Washington is in the eight spot at six and five, and then you've got Seattle at six and four. The Giants at seven and four. So, um, so there's a lot of work that Green Bay needs to do in order to kind of get themselves back into the hunt here. Are, are the play? Do you get? Do you think the playoffs are a realistic possibility for the Packers? As of right now, I think no. I think mm. going into that Cowboys game, I also would have said no. But then, you know, they win that. It kind of swings the momentum for them, right? Mm -hmm. And then they lose to Tennessee. And, it, they, you know, their their playoff chances just plummet again. I, I've been messing around on 538. They have their whole 
you know, little playoff uh, predictor that you can mess around with. The Packers yeah. coming out of this Eagles game. So going into it, they have a 6% chance to make the playoffs. It's not very good, mm-hmm. right? That's about 1 in 20. Um, but coming out of this game, depending on all the other results in Week 12, plus, you know, if they win or if they lose against the Eagles, their chances of making the playoffs coming out of this weekend range from like 28% to 1%. That's wow. that's how much this game matters. Like it can breathe another um, breath of life into them, mm-hmm. or it can basically just end their chances completely. I mean, as it stands already, they're probably already going to need some help from either, yeah. you know, I, I don't think the commanders are that great of a team. I think just maybe just I'm biased because of the quarterback situation, but one of either the Giants or the Seahawks is going to need to underperform down the stretch to even give them a chance. And that's independent of them, you know, being able to get things done in the second half of the season. Well, let me ask you, I mean, what would be best? I mean, is Green Bay sneaking in as the last wild card here with, with a with an Aaron Rodgers who, you know, might be his last season in Green Bay? Who who knows how the how the the, the quarterback situation is is going to go down in Green Bay? I know he just signed a big deal, but um with Aaron Rodgers, you know, he could retire. You know, who 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 knows what's going to go on with that dude? Is it what's what's in the best interest of the Packers? It, would it be to sneak in as the last wild card or would it I'm not say it would be better for them to lose to the Eagles because obviously Green Bay fans are going to root for the Packers to 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 win. But if you look at it with a clear with clear eyes, what's better? Is it is it better to sneak in as the last playoff team or is it best to just lose this game? And, and would that be the best scenario for them to lose this game and then really focus on thinking about 2023 and putting yourself in a position to get a higher draft pick and not have to worry about trying to scramble here at the end of the season? You know, John, that's a great question. And it's one that Packers fans haven't really been on the same side of. Again, you know, going into that Cowboys game, right? It felt like the season was over. And that's when you started hearing a lot of like, just pull the plug on the season, sent Aaron Rodgers down. It's been speculated for a long time that he's had a broken thumb. He only confirmed that um, on on Thanksgiving Day or the day before Thanksgiving yeah. Day. Um, so that's... You know, in in terms of that, you know, there's been a lot of debate uh, for Packers fans of like, if his thumb is broken, sit him down. Let's see what Jordan Love has to do, you know, has to uh, show on the field. And then we'll see if, you know, he's maybe the guy we want to ride with next. And if Rodgers wants on the way out and wants, you know, to play in San Francisco or Indianapolis or wherever it may be next year, you know, we can trade him away and you know, reap the benefits of, of some of the draft picks and stuff. Cause I think this is the closest we've gotten to Packers fans looking in the mirror and saying like, I think the window is closed. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't think this team can go on a run, especially the loss of Rashawn Gary was huge for that. Um, I think the defense is fundamentally different without Rashawn Gary being able to rush the passer. Now you have Preston Smith and Kingsley and Igbare playing the edges. They, have Jonathan Garvin as the fourth guy off the bench, and he, he's no good. <laughs> so <laughs> they're one injury away of playing like an MPC, like a Madden-generated rookie, basically, <laughs> uh, yeah. outside linebacker. And their whole defense is predicated off of getting five guys on five offensive linemen and winning on one-on-ones, right? And and yeah. you can watch the Tennessee game. They stuck with that plan, and Ryan Tannehill throws for 333 yards, and that's not something mm-hmm. Ryan Tannehill usually does 
Mind you, yeah. that's in a game where Aaron Rodgers after the game was saying, you know, he's throwing some wobblers because the wind was going so crazy and it was snowing. That should have been a game where, you know, the the wind, the weather, Lambeau Field, all that mystique, right, should have impacted the passing game, and it just didn't. So hmm. I, I don't think the Packers can really go on a run in the playoffs. The question just becomes like, okay, do you want Aaron Rodgers back next season, right? And I think it's like yeah. a winning games in the, the second half of the year now is like a recruiting arm in Aaron Rodgers' ayahuasca journey this this winter. <laughs> That is going to decide if he wants to come back to football or not. Yeah. Do you want Aaron Rodgers back next year, Justice? I I don't want to die. That's what I'm at. <laughs> like I don't want this to end. I my yeah. entire lifetime I've had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers under center, other than like a half a year of Brent Hundley and like sporadic Seneca Wallace and Matt Flynn starts. Yeah. Yeah. So and a lot of people want to find out, you know, what Jordan Love has. Um, a lot of people want to find out like what Matt LaFleur can coach up, um, you know, post Rogers. I just want this to extend forever. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard. You know, some of the headlines get very annoying with Aaron Rodgers, Right. Um, yeah. but he's exhausting. He seems like an exhausting guy to have on your team. He, he is, but what's the Adrian Peterson, uh, quote when yeah. I've seen him throw that ball. Like there's just every once in a while, even with these rookie wide receivers and stuff and, you know, people point to the drops and stuff like that, that, that uh, some of these young guys have had, you know, early on in the season, but he's still, you know, a reigning back-to-back MVP quarterback and you can do a lot worse. Well, how, how bad has he been this year? Talking about Aaron Rodgers, you talked about the broken thumb. He hasn't had that all season long. I know at the start of the season, mm-hmm. we I think every I it, just to be perfectly straight about this, I, I picked a down season for the Packers. It's one of the few predictions before the season I got right. It seemed to me losing Devontae Adams was going to be a crusher for him. Just in the just in the way it all went down, like they Aaron Rodgers resigns with the Packers. I just have a hard time believing he resigned with the Packers, knowing they were going to trade away Devontae Adams. And maybe he did, and and maybe he was he was on board with that. I don't know. You would probably know better than I would. But you go into this season with a ton of inexperience at wideout, and as a as an Eagles fan, I have seen many seasons back in the Donovan McNabb days where a team doesn't invest in wide receiver. You have a bunch of unproven commodities out on the outside, uh, especially early on in Donovan's career, and the offense can really just fall flat. It's really hard to score when you don't have viable receivers or inexperienced receivers. And I, it seemed like Aaron Rodgers was really kind of lashing out early in the season. Uh, they weren't, they didn't get off to a good start and now dealing with a broken thumb. Is this his worst year? Do you think, you know, if this isn't the worst year, it would have been the last year under McCarthy where he's just yeah. throwing the ball away and guys aren't running the right routes. And it feels like faith in the system had been completely lost. Um, that McCarthy year. I think this year's a little bit unique. Um, you know, early on in the season, it was a whole lot of like miscommunication from the wide receivers, right? Like mm-hmm. the first play against the Minnesota Vikings, they had an 80 yard bomb that would have been completed for a touchdown and Christian Watson dropped it, right? Yeah. Um, then you get into weird things. Week three, Tampa Bay Buccaneers was an interesting game. Uh, the Packers only scored 14, but they were able to win because their defense basically played shut out every time Tampa Bay crossed the 50-yard line. Um, got a couple of turnovers the only couple times uh, Buc- the Buccaneers were driving. And really, the Buccaneers were calling beaters to their really simple scheme 
in the first half of, mm-hmm. of the season, right? And that's where it was, yeah. a, you know, a pivotal moment of you either have to open up the playbook or teams are just going to be able to play, you know, certain coverages to certain formations and kick your butt because you're running split back gun, motioning one of the backs and running, you know, a zone run with a little bubble RPO and teams are just able to beat that by alignment, you know, sometimes. Mm-hmm. And then you get into week five. New York Giants, obviously Rodgers breaks his thumb. Now Now we know on the Hail Mary attempt in London. And then the next two weeks, the Jets and Commanders, the Packers really can't go under center. Um, and, th- and that's where you see the offense reduce back down to all the RPO stuff that teams have answers for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, after that, though, you start seeing them go under center again, you know, against the Buffalo Bills, against the Dallas Cowboys, and you start seeing some of these Aaron Rodgers games Last week it was it was the wind, you know. I I don't know specifically what the weather is going to be um, in Philadelphia. I assume it's going to be better than you know the snowy game in Lambeau, um, but I I think he's, you know, not hashtag back, but he's definitely the offense. I think is definitely in a better spot than it was you know early in the season. I think they were able to put points against uh, Buffalo. They were able to put points against mm-hmm. the Cowboys. The Lions, it was just a game of like, really? Like we, we throw, I, I think Rodgers threw um, two interceptions in the end zone. I mean, one was mm-hmm. a target to yeah. David Bakhtiari. That doesn't happen every game, right? And then yeah. the, the Tennessee Titans was kind of a, a, a weather game. So I think they're in a much better spot than they were probably a month ago when they couldn't even get under center um, because of the thumb against the Jets and Commanders. I think that's probably when the offense was at the worst and then you know, next worst was the Buccaneers where they seem to have every answer. So I think they've learned lessons down the stretch. It's not as bleak as um, the end of the McCarthy era, but if you're looking at, you know, ranking the seasons in terms of uh, worst to best, I think it's second behind, you know, that last McCarthy season. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's talk matchups here, and we'll stick with the Green Bay offense because looking at the offensive line and the and the lineups you all have had uh, with with the offensive line, it's been a, it's been in flux a lot during the course of the season, right? I mean, I think mm-hmm. the last few weeks you've had the same five um, in the starting lineup, but previous to that, uh, has it been kind of a trial and error kind of thing with with Green Bay trying to figure out the best alignment to to open up the running game and and protect Aaron Rodgers? And uh, how do you think they match up with with the Eagles now with they got Indominus Sue in the middle and right. uh, Linval Joseph had a great game 
last week. I mean, really, it looked like he hasn't miss, missed a beat to kind of work into a defensive tackle such uh, um, a rotation um, with uh, Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox. And then you've got uh, Hassan Reddick on the outside, Brandon Graham, Josh Sweat. It seems to me like this could be an area where the Eagles have a, a pretty big advantage. How do you see it? I agree. And I, I, I think Green Bay right now, their individual players is better than their sum of their parts, which is usually not how offensive lines work. But this is kind of their situation left to right, right? So David Bakhtiari um, has the ACL injury New Year's Eve uh, 2020, right? Um, yeah. Then, you know, they're, they're going through all those issues. I mean, he basically doesn't play at all last year, um, gets snaps in that Detroit Lions game the last week of the season. Other than that, he's not playing. And then this year, it's a crazy on again, off again. I mean, he plays at the beginning of the year. It's every other drive. He's rotating at left tackle, which not Josh Nyman after Josh Nyman started the season as their left tackle. Um, and, and, you know, Elton Jenkins getting, getting some reps the year before. Um, then it becomes like, sometimes he's ready to go for a full half and then doesn't play. I think the Detroit lions game was the highlight of that, where he plays the entire first half, gets a target in the red zone as an unbalanced tight end. Right. And then second half, he doesn't play at all until the two-minute warning. And then he's apparently <laughs> fine to play in the two-minute warning. It's just – it's very odd. Um, it seems like the issue there is like it's it's an inflammation issue for Bakhtiari and then turf yeah. games specifically impacting that, right? Oh, there goes an alarm. Mm. Um, there goes the alarm. There goes the alarm. And then uh, Elton <laughs> Jenkins, you know, again, was a guy that was – Another guy who's coming off an ACL injury, he had a midseason ACL tear against the Arizona Cardinals on Thursday Night Football last year, was playing you know, left tackle until he got hurt last season. This year, they try him out at right tackle. Has a really, really, really rough stretch. Eventually, they just say, you know what? We're going to put him back at left guard, and we're, we're going to shuffle up the offensive line. So that ends up putting John Runyon, who for the better part of the last two years has been starting at left guard. He now moves to right guard. Josh Nyman comes off the bench and is finally, you know, freed up by Bakhtiari's health to play right tackle. That ends up moving Royce Newman off the bench or, or to the bench. He was a guy who struggled a lot at right tackle and right guard early in the season. And Zach Tom has kind of been the guy coming off the bench whenever Bakhtiari or Elton Jenkins, you know, need to go out. Um, and they've each missed the game. I think Elton Jenkins missed the Buffalo game. The team didn't know that he wasn't going to be able to go until like 90 minutes before kickoff. They assumed that he was going to be able to play. So their whole left side of the offensive line has basically been a question mark until game time. They didn't practice on Wednesday, which is typical. They either miss a you know a Wednesday or Thursday practice, either Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, or both of them. And then they were limited participants on Thursday. So I think the assumption is they're going to be able to go, but you know, knock on wood, you can't assume things with this offensive line. The the one right. thing that has been kind of a question mark in terms of performance this year, I will say, is Josh Myers. So he's the second year starting center. Um, you know, usually the Packers are able to fill out their offensive line with these fourth the these day these day three picks, right? David Bakhtiari's right. taken in the third round. It's crazy. John Runyon Jr., probably one of the more underrated offensive linemen in the league just because he doesn't get really any recognition. He's a six round pick that um, they're usually able to fill out the roster like that. Right. Josh mm -hmm. Myers is this high draft pick. You know, you would assume that, you know, okay, high draft pick. He's just going to come in and dominate. He's really been struggling with, you know, these really good, big interior defensive linemen. You like, you see him against uh, Quinn Williams, 
you see him against uh, Dexter, Dexter Lawrence. Like those are the guys who kind of beat him up pretty consistently. And that's been disappointing. So I think, you know, I'm more worried about the Eagles interior defensive line and how that matches up than the edges. I think, you know, Bakhtiari's only played three full games um, this year. If he were able to, you know, play every single snap of the season and perform as well as he has, he's maybe like a comeback player of the year candidate, probably a pro bowler. Like he's been playing that well. The question mark is just like, is he going to be on the field? Josh Myers is a guy who performance-based I worry about. Well, and I think the area that, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, that I think Green Bay's offense really could could hurt the Eagles as the Eagles until last week. And really the first drive last week against Jonathan Taylor, the Eagles run defense had really, had really struggled this year. Mm-hmm. Um, Joseph started to assert himself after that. Uh, and Sue got in there and I think, you know, you give Fletcher Cox less snaps. He becomes more effective. The run defense really looked a whole lot better after that first series against Indianapolis. Uh, Green Bay, Aaron Jones, AJ Dillon can both run the ball. I mean, <laughs> Jones um, averaging 5.4 yards a carry this year, 778 yards on the season so far. Um, he's a guy that, that worries me quite a bit. Do you, even though you've got Aaron Rodgers with a broken thumb, do you anticipate that this is a game where we're going to see a lot of Aaron Jones and a lot of AJ Dillon running the football? If they're going to win this ball game, I think so. Um, we'll, (laughs) we'll see if they can keep up, you know, scoring wise, uh, the Packers have kind of struggled in the red zone, especially the low red zone where, you know, they're, they're right there on the goal line this season. Um, I guess that'll kind of decide if, you know, their, their game script, right? The game flow is, is right. if it's viable to be able to run that often. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Jones has had a phenomenal year. Um, the offensive line, I think, you know, in the run game specifically has played really well. But Aaron Jones is sometimes you think you have him dead to rights and he splits a 10-yard run. And you're like, holy crap. Like, this is probably the best running back I've seen in Green Bay in my lifetime. I mean, there's, there's probably some... Amon Green year, like maybe one or two, you know, Ryan Grant years that are maybe up to par just in terms of like the volume. But on a per snap basis, what Aaron Jones is able to do, it's crazy. Um, the the offensive line, I will say, uh, for just like an aesthetic standpoint, like the 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 thing you guys are probably going to see a whole lot more in this game than most NFL games is a lot of pin and pull. And the Packers run a ton of pin and pull. It's only really started this year. So it's, you know, two guards pulling, one kicks out, one kind of leads up. Mm-hmm. It's almost like counter, but they they run like a bunch of tosses and stuff out of it. Okay. And, and they do it out of the gun and they can do it to either side. So they can, you know, usually when you have a back offset to you in the shotgun, right? If the running mm-hmm. back's to the right of Aaron Rodgers, the run's going to go to the left. Well, right. one of the things that they've been able to kill teams with is, defenses kind of setting their alignment to wherever Aaron Jones lines up. Right. And you can either hand it off and run pin and pull to the opposite side that he's lined up, or you could just pitch quick to his side. And, you know, you got, you know, a, a, a quick run into the boundary or wherever it may be um, opposite of where, you know, the running back usually runs in the shotgun. So they've been doing that stuff. And I think that's one of the reasons why the success of, uh, the run game has been so great. Plus the fact, you know, their new offensive coordinator now that um, now that Hackett is in Denver is Adam Stenovich, who used to be the offensive line coach. So he knows the run game inside okay. and out. 
That sounds like a tactic the Eagles offense could use, quite frankly. I think, I think one of the things that we have seen is the last couple of weeks, especially with the commanders and the Colts, is defenses seem to know what the Eagles are going to do over these last... I think the, the mystery of the Eagles RPO game is starting to wear off a little bit. And obviously losing Dallas Goddard hurts, but... Uh, I've, heard, a lot I've of, heard that as a Packers fan. Yeah. I, I heard that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's been a... Then there's no backup there. I mean, they're going to have to play without... You know, right. without any kind of production from a tight end moving forward. But you've got a running quarterback in Jalen Hurts. The QB draw last week worked really well. They do have some really good wide receivers in, in Smith and, and A.J. Brown. Um, and looking at what the Packers defense has gone through this year, it seems as though it's been a really tough slog uh, for Green Bay. So if you're looking at the Eagles, defensive coordinators like to take one thing away, one one thing that the offense does best. What is it that you think Green Bay's defense wants to take away most when the Eagles are on offense right now? I I would think it's one of those wide receivers. I know, you know, we're talking about this early on Friday, so I don't know the status of them in practice. Obviously, what was it? Both uh, appear to be healthy. A.J. Brown was okay. sick early in the week, but he practiced on Friday, so he should be good to go. Okay, awesome. Um, I, I would think it's one of those wide receivers, but, I mean, you have two of them. And I don't know if Green Bay can stop both of them coverage-wise and stop, you know, the the quarterback run game, which is, you know, adds a whole other element and whole other list of issues. Green Bay is a team that has struggled a ton in terms of stopping the run. Um, they play, have played a ton of split-high safety coverage. That's changed a little bit down the stretch because it hasn't worked. But really, what they wanted to do is they wanted to. Again, get five guys on the line of scrimmage, right? Play, get one on ones in the passing game, and then just kind of rally to the ball in terms of coverage. They'll match you, however many wide receivers you throw out there. They'll throw out the amount of DBs, right? So if you get into mm. two tight end sets, they'll come out in base. Um, what what gets funky is when you get two tight ends lined up next to each other, right? And then slot a slot receiver opposite of the tight ends. That's where you get the funky like. Preston Smith is lined up on the number one wide receiver, right? Like, hey, screenshot, here's Justin Jefferson and Preston Smith lined up on each other. That That's where you yeah. get those funky plays um, just yeah. off of the structure of the defense. They've gotten away from that a little bit. I think it's because they're defensive ends. So Dean Lowry and Jerron Reed, they're 3-4 team. So those are functionally mm-hmm. interior defensive linemen. Those guys right. get zero penetration in the run game. I mean, it does mm-hmm. not help the fact that Devondre Campbell has been missing all these games and rookie Quay Walker has been the green dot, you know, being the defensive signal caller and they can't get any penetration with those defensive linemen other than Kenny Clark. And even he's been having a quiet, you know, month ish recently. Um, really, I think against the lions is, is where we started seeing, you know, a different kind of run defense and, the only time the Lions were able to rip off runs were on these damn draws, which is why I don't like you saying, you know, <laughs> quarterback draws, right? Um, yeah. Against the Cowboys, the Cowboys tried to give them a couple draws the next week. Green Bay was able to rally to the ball and stop them. So that was kind of a win in their book because you could tell, you know, the Cowboys were functionally running the same plays, you know, in the run game that the Lions were able to rip off and the Packers yeah. were actually able to stop those runs. And then against the Titans, they were really able to bottle up Derrick Henry. The only problem with the Derrick Henry stuff is like third and one, it was just like an automatic conversion, right? Because right. again, they weren't able to get negative plays. But if you look at the yards right. per carry, they were doing a really good job at stopping Derrick Henry. And it was pretty clear that that was a focal point of, you know, the defensive game plan. The problem was just like, oh, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill blacked out and had like the best game of his career <laughs> in a windy, yeah. snowy Lambeau field game. Um, so 
I, yeah, I, I imagine that's what is, I'm, go ahead. I was gonna say, I, ma- I imagine that's what you want Jalen Hurts to have to do is to throw for 300 yards against you. Right. I mean, if, 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 I think if you're so, letting... but he's got good wide receivers too. Right. It's yeah. like, it's, I mean, with the team as good as the Philadelphia Eagles are right. Especially with, I mean, that's the best offensive line in football. I think, I think them or maybe the lions when they're fully healthy, I think those are the only two teams in the conversation in terms of just the offensive line talent. It's a it's a pick your poison type of situation. I mean, there's yeah. no way structurally you win across the board on all their strengths, you know, that they have offensively. So I, I think yeah. it's, you know, down a distance based, probably, right? Like yeah, you know, even in short yardage, like quarterback run, that's always gotta be in your mind. You know, third and long, you have to you have to acknowledge the fact that they can run the ball and the quarterback can be involved, because if not they're going to be able to rip, you know, third and 12s sometimes. All right. Well, Justice, um, let's wrap up. Let's wrap this up with uh, your thoughts on how you see things shaking out on Sunday evening. You don't have to give a prediction if you don't want to, although that would be a lot of fun. Uh, but if, how do you see things uh, shaking out here on, on Sunday night? I think the Eagles are going to win. I think there's a chance, you know, if, if the Eagles start off fast, this Packers team could spiral. The Packers, uh, you know, they've had some defenders even talk about like, what's the mentality this week? And they're like, you got to win. If you don't win, you might as well start planning what your vacation is going to be like in January. Right. So mm-hmm. I think you have a team way up against the ropes and, you know, pressure builds diamonds and bust pipes. Right. So yeah, I, I, yeah. I think that's where we're at in terms of the season. I think however the first half looks like, I don't expect it to change in the second half for whatever that's worth. So is it going to be close? Is it going to be a complete blowout and this Packers team completely spirals the last month of the year? Uh, TBD. I I think the Eagles win. (laughs) I think there's a good chance, you know, they end up covering a a, a seven-point line. I think it opened up at six and a half, and it's moved since then. Um, I I think it's moved in the right direction. You know, I I think it should be moving in the Eagles' favor probably should be like seven and a half somewhere around there. So that's kind of how I see this game. Yeah. I, I see a scenario where Aaron Rodgers rediscovers something or whatever, because he's capable of doing that as a, as a future hall of fame quarterback. But, and I'm also very curious to see whether or not Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen are able to figure out some new wrinkles, because I do think defensive coordinators are starting to catch up with what the Eagles are doing. I'm not sure it matters with Green Bay's defense. No offense. I think the Packers defense just has struggled and I, I'm i not sure they can match up with what the Eagles can do and and will want to do. But I agree with you. I, I think th- I think this is going to be a close game. I, I think it'll I don't know if it'll stay inside the number, um, but uh, I, I certainly think that Eagles fans might be a little uncomfortable for for large portions of this game. But um, that's that's where they're going to lace them up and uh, we'll see you on Sunday night. Folks, uh, for everything going on with the Green Bay Packers, make sure you're reading Justin Mosqueda over at Acme Packing Company. Follow him on Twitter at Jumosk, J-U-M-O-S-Q. Justice, thanks for coming on Eye on the Enemy, buddy. I appreciate it. Uh, Anytime. Well, let me give you my prediction here for this game. This game makes me nervous, and maybe it's just because of the name Aaron Rodgers. I feel like there's... There's an Aaron Rodgers who can jump up and who can surprise and pull out a win pretty much anytime he wants. Now, Aaron Rodgers, I don't know, is the clutchest player in the world. I've ta- I've long talked about his inability to win in the postseason. Uh, we've seen that year after year after year. And the body language, the broken thumb, everything about him 
makes you makes you think like, yeah, this guy doesn't have it this year. He's missing his favorite receiver. There's not a lot else out there that he trusts in his in his young receivers. And so uh, this feels like a lost season for Green Bay. And we've seen Aaron Rodgers have these kinds of lost seasons with the Packers in the past. And I, I predicted that this would happen this year. One of my few bold predictions about the NFL season before the year got started that has borne out, that has proven to be true. Uh, there's just a lot of bad vibes around this team. There's a lot of bad vibes around Aaron Rodgers. And I don't know that he can come into Philadelphia on Sunday night in prime time and beat an Eagles defense that looked a little rejuvenated last week against the Colts running game uh, with a with a, a cornerback tandem in Darius Slay and James Bradbury that can, I think, shut down the Packers' taller receivers. Uh, and I certainly think this Eagles offense, they've ha- they have some work to do to kind of remake themselves in the absence of Dallas Goddard. And it certainly seems as though teams are starting to catch on to what the Eagles are doing with their RPO game. Uh, Shane Steichen and Nick Sirianni are going to have to earn their money if they if they're coach of the year candidates they've they've got to, they've got to show that this uh, this week and over the next few weeks uh, but this is a bad Green Bay defense this is a defense that even if the Eagles are still pretty much what we've seen them be during the course of this year scheme wise and play wise they should be able to score on this Green Bay team and I think that's really where the Eagles have this big advantage I think the defense can do enough to slow Aaron Rodgers down and I think this offense will put up points against a Green Bay defense that is highly suspect. This is not nearly as good a defense as the Colts defense last week, especially up front with the front four. This The, the Eagles should be able to run on these guys. I think this could be a big Miles Sanders game. I think this could be a big Jalen Hurts game on the ground as well. And I would look for A.J. Brown to get involved in the offense again here, especially over the middle, maybe make a couple of big plays. Would love to see Devontae Smith make a couple of big plays in this game as well. I do think the Eagles win this game, although it does make me nervous. Again, that's just the Aaron Rodgers bias, I think. He's a Hall of Famer, maybe one of the five best quarterbacks ever to play the position. You never know when great Aaron Rodgers is going to show up and carry a team, but I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday night. I think the Packers will fall to 4-8. and eight. I think the Eagles will move to 10-1 and one on the season, and I think the Eagles will win this game 31-24. to 24. All right, folks, that's going to do it for this edition of Bleeding Green Nation. My thanks to Justice once again for coming on the podcast. And folks, make sure, again, check out BleedingGreenNation.com each and every day, and check out all the other podcasts we have for you here at the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time here on Eye on the Enemy.